Successful Performer Cast, Episode 26. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews professional entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you of a few things. Be sure to pick up your free PDF show booking and debrief form that I've put together for you. It's an invaluable tool that will help you keep track of all aspects of your show and get everything you can out of it in order to improve your act and grow as a performer. Pick it up at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash booking sheet. Don't forget to visit our Facebook group where you can go and post questions and help each other out with any business challenges you might have. It's a closed group right now, so you'll have to request entry, but don't worry. I'll let you in. I promise. Find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash FB group. Finally, if you can think of anything I can do to improve my show, any resources you'd like to see on my website, or would like to suggest someone to interview, please drop me a line at ks at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com or hit me up on the social networks and let me know. I'm open to suggestions and feedback and have already implemented many suggestions from you guys. Now, let's get to the good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show a wonderful performer and a great guy. Micah Cover is a magician that spends his time performing all around Los Angeles and has been a professional magician since 1995. With a background in theater, improv, and street magic, he brings his highly interactive magic shows everywhere from birthday parties, restaurants, large and small events, and a variety of different venues, including the world-famous Hollywood Magic Castle. And it's there where he produces the annual Night of the Raven, a yearly charity event for the Academy of Magical Arts. In addition to performing magic, he also writes, lectures, and consults on the art of magic. You may have seen his work on TV, on CNN, and on the show 1,000 Ways to Die. Finally, he is also an actor who's appeared on Days of Our Lives and in a recurring role on Dawson's Creek. As stated by the Magic Castle, Micah is an innovative performer with a mind with mind-boggling talent. His extraordinary effects will rock the room. Micah, I am super excited to have you on the successful performer cast as a guest. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Chris, thank you, man. That was awesome. And uh we've we talked about this before, but your excavation of information is formidable, <laughs> sir. I, I, I mean, if you weren't so nice, I'd be terrified that I'm talking to the CIA or something. That was, that was just uh, fantastic. Well done. <laughs> well, I am trying to transition into performing full time. My, yeah. uh, my actual day job. We won't talk about that. Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm we'll, messing with you. We'll I don't clean mean. that up in editing. <laughs> clean that up in editing. But really, man, I, I'm very flattered that you took that much time to uh, learn about me, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Micah, do you have a favorite success quote or a particular mantra that you live by? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good question, and I thought about that for a while. There's a number of good ones. The trick is to try 
to remember them and to live by them. And uh, with that in mind, I came up with one. And uh, it's by Albert Schweitzer. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, if you Google this guy, you're going to see that he said a lot of cool stuff. But my favorite is, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. And he said that, and I love that because it's so easy to think, you know, if only I were successful, I'll be happy. And unfortunately, that can be a downward spiral. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it can be uh, a race that you're just never going to win. But um, if you learn to be happy with what you got and what you're getting, uh, success will hopefully come. And it's a tough one to remember and to live by, but I think it's an important one. It it is a very good uh, very good mantra to live by, and it's just so interesting to find out just how arbitrary and and how um, how different success is to different people. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So could you could you tell us maybe how uh, maybe give us a, a specific example of how this quote has. Uh, uh, played an important part in your life? Uh, yeah, it it's more of um, a state of mind as uh, so much as an example. Mm -hmm. But I've discovered sometimes when I'm getting out of a tough gig, uh, let's say it was a birthday party with a difficult mom or I right. wasn't uh, – um, she low-balled me and nickel and dyed me on the, on the fee and I did it as a favor and I'm packing up my stuff and I'm grumbling – I got to remember, you, you never know what effect you might have on your client, on your audience, whether it's uh, kids or adults. And it's entirely possible you change someone's life without even being aware of it. Mm -hmm. And if you just look at the struggles on paper, it's very easy to fall into the trap of being negative. But if you realize that you may be having a real impact on someone's life, that can... Um, Reinforce why you're doing this, vindicate you, and hopefully success will come after you maintain that attitude. But again, it's maintaining that attitude. That's the real trick. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, even kind of breaking things down, just uh, just even the fact that you were doing doing the show for somebody, sure. that in itself is is one of the small successes too, you know? Oh, man, you said it. Um, like you said, success is very different for different people, but it it is a victory in itself that you are coming into some stranger's home, someone who doesn't know you at all. I mean, even with a website, uh, they still don't know you at all. You're coming into their home. You're performing for them. You're using their, their house, their facilities, their living room, um, and you are performing for them. And this is all more or less on faith. Yeah. Uh, on both ends. And like you say, it's, it's a small victory in itself. Just, to say that you've done it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, man. So, Micah, could you bring us into your journey into how you discovered magic or how it discovered you? Yeah, um, I've always been interested in magic since I was a kid. Uh, probably like you, Chris, like so many of us, that's the law. You know, we, yeah. we, all, we all got our first book at around eight. Uh, mm -hmm. When did you get yours? You remember? Oh man, I want to say maybe I was like six, and it, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't a book. It was uh, one of those Fisher Price magic sets. You know, those things are great, and it is, <laughs> it is amazing the crazy stuff you can find in those things. Mm 
Uh, yeah, okay, so you were six, I was about eight. That's that's about the, the same time we all experience it. Um, right. I, I got my first book, I believe, as a Christmas present from my grandfather, and I was hooked. And uh, starting in 1995, I thought, man, I'd like to get paid. And uh, so I've been doing it for money uh, professionally since 1995, but it all started uh, about the same age as you when I was a kid. Cool. Yeah. So... Now you you said you you started uh you started performing professionally in 1995 yeah. and uh I mean just now you said you decided you wanted to make money at it. Right. What what was uh how did that play out for you? Could you uh maybe talk about how you made the leap? Yeah, uh that's a good question and again um we may be talking about this a lot tonight but it's so much of it is just faith, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's this uh, wonderful self-help adage that there is no perfect moment. And uh, if we just keep waiting, oh, if I only had a little bit more in my savings account, if I only had this kind of equipment, if I only had just the right website, I'll be able to start. And uh, life is teaching me there is no perfect moment. You just got to try. You just got to do it. And it is a huge leap of faith. And there will be a lot of sacrifices, a lot of prices to pay. But uh, I love what I do, and it's been—it's um, still been worth it for me. So I just had to make the decision. I'm going to be a professional performer. I started off as an actor, and you were kind enough to mention that yeah. the magic was just going to be a side business. But eventually, it was the magic that was the only thing paying the bills. Wow. Yeah. So it—it kind of took over, and um, I actually miss acting a lot, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why I do the Raven Show. Uh, something else you were kind enough to mention. Uh, but um, eventually I just had to uh, follow where the money went. And acting and magic are are so synonymous, as you know. Yeah. So uh, especially for me, who likes to be a storyteller on stage. So I just, whew, I just had to make the, uh, the leap of faith and uh, believe in myself. And it's something that I still have to do every day. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, Micah, did you ever have a uh, what people would call a real job? <laughs> yeah. Um, it always amazes me when I hear the success stories of magicians or actors who never had a real job. I just, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I would love that life, man. Oh, yeah, you and uh, me and all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no kidding. And there are some jobs that go well with magic and not just acting. Um, I have a friend, a good friend uh, named Predicto who is a graphic designer as well as a magician. So uh, not only does he pursue magic, his other skill allows him to build his own creations for his act, and he's done it for me as well. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so I would never look down on someone else who is simply a weekend warrior and still has a nine-to-five. I admire those guys. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, uh, aside from acting, um, I did market research, which was just a really fancy term for telemarketing, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a nightmare um, I've done a lot of office work, um, but uh, I, I strive to make magic and performing my main source of income. So between acting and magic and teaching magic, those are the ways that I pay the bills right now. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, you were describing how you were doing magic professionally as kind of a way to, uh, to uh, support your acting habit. Yeah, right, right. That, that's right, and now it's kind of flipped. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I would love to do more acting, but it's, it's hard to find the time. Um, I'm just always working on my magic act. And I'm not, um, I'm not ungrateful for that. I, I love magic, 
uh, I would love to get to the point financially where I can just do whatever the heck I want. And if I want to do a play, do it because um, it won't affect my magic career and uh, pulling in the, the money for paying the bills. You know what I mean? Right. Because you got to yeah. do what you got to do. You said it, man. That's and it's, it. It's, it's just really good that you love doing what you're doing. It makes a difference because, uh, again, when you're leaving that gig and you're just grumbling to yourself, uh, you just got to remember, you know, I actually love what I'm doing. Yeah. And, if, and if you remind yourself of that, it, it does clear your head a little bit. Yeah, and there's gonna be there's gonna be little things that kind of jab at you in in whatever you do, whether you like your job or not. Oh sure, so. sure. So you might as well do something that you love if you can pull it off. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I hear you, man. That's a good point. Yeah. So Micah, as you were trying to pursue a career in both magic and acting, or acting and magic, yeah. uh, <laughs> did you encounter any resistance from family and friends, and and how did you respond to that? Uh, another good question, man. It, it's really tough. Uh, the, the obstacles in this gig are tough, but especially when they come from people close to you. Um, yeah. then it, it hits home. Oh, exactly. Literally. Literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, in general, my family and friends have been supportive, but, uh, when you get a significant other man, when you get a girlfriend and you are struggling financially, you are now struggling in your relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Um, not all of my family's been on board with this, and uh, it's tough to hear them say negative things or things that seem to be lacking hope because sometimes, again, it's a leap of faith. Sometimes hope is what you got. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you just got to keep believing in yourself. Um, there was a magician, and I wish I could tell you for sure who it was, but he said, listen to everybody and take what you need. And um, I, I like that quote. I, I can't admit that I do, in fact, listen to everyone. But uh, he brought up a good point that a lot of times when people who are close to you are criticizing you, or at least you feel like they are, it's still, even if you don't agree with it or the intention comes from a place of concern and care. So you have to review their intention, um, but you still have to believe in yourself. And then, of course, if you're getting outside criticism, like bad reviews, and that's that's something else. But yeah. even even then, the end result is the same. You've got to keep believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, we're we're talking about uh, kind of like the beginnings of things for you, and and. Uh, and you know how how kind of like your outside uh, sphere of influence has reacted and things like that, and you know within that, um, and you're, you're working hard, you're you're out there pounding the pavement and working and stuff. There's bound to be moments that come up that are moments we would learn from, you know, and, and other people might call them failure moments. So I, I wanted to ask you uh, to describe a particular, um, a, a specific moment of failure or a specific. Uh, uh, teaching moment that you've had that we can all learn from. Yeah, uh, it, it's tough to learn from failure, other than mm -hmm. than just to see, okay, that's a failure, and I just gotta keep going. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, if you get a bad review from a client, if um, a specific client just won't hire you, uh, hire someone else. Um, for instance, getting into the Magic Castle is insanely competitive, and. One of the reasons why I do the Raven is so that they will finally they, – if I do the Raven, they can't ignore me. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, you, you do what you can uh, just to uh, fight those obstacles. But a, a specific example, um, I, 
I, I don't like it when audience members are on their phone during my performance. And mm-hmm. I, that sounds so obvious. And yet there are times when you have to fight for it. And um, so I was in the uh, I was in the parlor of prestidigitation at the Magic Castle doing my act, and there was this guy on his phone. And um, I try not to make the audience feel bad, but if they do something that is strange to me, I will um, make a joke about it or tease them about it. Yeah. So uh, magicians love the line, um, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not on TV. I'm right here. I'm standing right in front of you. I can see you. And uh, that usually gets a good laugh. Mm-hmm. And a lot of magicians use it because it's a way of getting people off the stupid phone. But at the same time, you're not, um, you're not necessarily finger pointing or putting anybody in some sort of negative spotlight. And hopefully they'll get the, the hint and put their phone away. Yeah, or somebody next to them. <laughs> or, or, ho- yes, or hopefully their date will nudge them and say, I think you need to get off the phone. Yeah. So um, this guy's on the phone. And I, I say, oh, look, he's tweeting about this show right now, sir. I'm so grateful to you. I need the social media. God bless you. And people start laughing. And then I say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not on TV. I'm, not a, uh, I'm, right, I'm right here. I'm not a hologram. I'm not Tupac. Th- that's my contribution to that cliche. There you um, go. Yeah, so he puts the phone away. And then after the show, Chris, he comes up to me and he says, I'm, I'm so sorry I was on the phone. And at that moment, I thought, I wa- I'm glad I wasn't being a jerk about it, yeah. you know, because I mean? because he clearly was a, a nice guy for whatever crazy reason. He was on the phone. If I was a jerk about it, it, it could have made the moment very awkward and unpleasant for everybody. So he says to me, I'm, I'm so sorry I was on my phone. And I said, oh, it's OK, man. I, I was just I was just teasing. But in the inside, I was thinking, I'm glad you got off the phone. Yeah. And he says to me. I'm so sorry. I'm a psychiatrist. One of my patients just texted me, told me they were considering suicide. And my jaw hit the floor. And I thought if I was a jerk about this, I would feel like even more of a jerk later. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and then he apologized again. And I said, dude, God bless you for doing what you do. He leaves and we're now friends on Facebook. (laughs) So, so, you know, sometimes you get hecklers, sometimes you get these, you get, you get bad news. Sometimes you get people who don't seem to like you. Mm-hmm. And then once in a while you find out that the truth is something very different. And, uh, if you just keep your eyes open and ears open and try to be patient and breathe and believe in yourself once in a while, these, uh, once in a while, the bad news will turn into something you did not expect at all. And mm-hmm. now I got a friend on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully his patient's okay, too. Uh, I talked to him later, and apparently everybody's all right. That's good. That's, yeah, isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think it just all boils down to being human. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and just realizing that everybody around us is, is human, and we're all dealing with our own issues, you know, that, that – uh, Obviously, we know about because we're in our own skin. Right. But you're walking down the street and you see people, you have no idea what they're going through. You know. Yeah. They might Chris, be joking yeah. around with their friends, and it's uh, and they could be, you know, just like dead inside or whatever. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um. There's another great quote, and uh, you reminded me of this, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm paraphrasing, but uh, basically, everyone is fighting something, and you right. might not know what that fight is, and 
Uh, thank you for bringing that up because we need to stop and remember that. Even when a client or a reviewer is being a total jerk, um, sometimes you have to stop and think, you know, we're all human. As you say, that, that's a great mantra right there. We're all human. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you just got to walk away from it. Sometimes you might realize later that there's another story behind this. Yeah. Yep. So on the other side of the spectrum, Micah, can you tell us about your favorite success? Yeah. Um, there, there have been a few of them. Uh, there's, and, and again, as opposed to specific examples, sometimes it's just that feeling you get when you finally get your first deposit in the mail or on PayPal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, it's yeah. It's validation. Exactly. Uh, Validation is success and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I'm always grateful for good news, especially in a business that can be such a struggle and good news can be hard to find. I'm always grateful to get a good client who is willing to work with me, an appreciative audience. That's a success right there. Mm -hmm. So when I'm walking away from a tough crowd, I think back to an appreciative audience and that makes a huge difference. I I will say... um, a quick specific example is when I got to perform for Jeff McBride, um, who uh, for for you for the Muggles in the audience, yeah, who have uh, things like uh, and I'm I'm doing the the quote things with my fingers. Who have yeah, things I can like see that. Uh, yeah, the good <laughs> who have things like uh, that I like to call jobs and lives. They may not uh, be aware of some of the things we're talking about, uh, but Jeff McBride is uh, one of the big guns in the magic biz. He's one of my heroes, uh, childhood hero. Uh, and he actually came to one of my performances at the parlor in the Magic Castle, and that was a real honor. Um, by coincidence, I got to perform at the Magic Castle on Edgar Allan Poe's 200th birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, so I was uh, very jazzed about that. Uh, there's a museum out here called the Skirball Center, and when you were out here, you might have heard of it or passed by it, and uh, they have some amazing exhibits. Well, they had a Houdini exhibit, and a Golden Age of Magic exhibit that focused on magicians, uh, specifically Jewish magicians in history. And um, thanks to a friend of mine, a guy named uh, Magic Mike Jacobson, who is a wonderful magician, he referred me to them, and I got to be their resident magician. And so I was surrounded by these uh, pieces of magical history while performing for people. I got to meet uh, David Copperfield and uh, Magic Johnson, and it was insane. So... um, that was another good one. Um, David Minkin uh, got me a job uh, performing magic uh, for Cisco Uni, mm-hmm. where I got to perform live via uh, technology, much like Skype, into malls across the country. And I met people all over the country while just sitting in this little office in front of a TV screen. And it was one of the coolest gigs of my life. So stuff like that. Uh, I know that was more than one example, but it's, it's, those are some of my uh, greatest hits. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Could you talk about uh, that um, that last gig that you that you got from David Minkin? What yeah. was that? I mean, you, you were performing over the internet or something, or kind of. Um, Cisco was is this company that was developing a new technology that um, was uh, kind of to be the competition for Skype. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope I can talk about this. This was a few years ago, and um, I'm, I'm sure it's okay. But uh, the, the idea was um, you could communicate via, video, uh, via computer screen or TV screen, much like you would on Skype, and you could communicate with people across the country. So they were developing this new product, and they wanted to prove that it was so real 
that it was so like sitting with that person in the same room that they wanted to uh, they wanted to prove it. And they thought, well, how can we do this? And somebody, someone, and I still don't know who it is, I want to thank them, thought, well, what if they were watching an interactive magic trick where they would, they would pick, a, the magician would spread out the cards and the person on the other end would say, oh, I like that one, the three of hearts. And the magician would take that card and proceed to do a live magic trick. And the idea is um, it's just like sitting next to the magician. So they hired, thanks to David Minkin, they hired the small army of magicians, and I got to be one of them. And we would sit in this little office and wait for the screen to light up, the screen in front of us. And a screen would light up, we would, uh, we would answer, and suddenly there'd be a group of people at this kiosk in some mall across the country. And they'd say, hey, we hear you do magic tricks for us. Will you do a magic trick? And I got to do this all day for months. It was awesome. <laughs> Isn't wow. that great? Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I was so lucky. And again, uh, thanks to David Macon, who is uh, one of the, as you know, is one of the greatest close-up guys in the world. So that's why they consulted him. And he brought me on board. And I'm incredibly grateful to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you thought we were going to have some problems with Skype. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, oh, man. I am so computer illiterate. It is insane. But, uh, oh, man. My car was built in the Johnson administration, and I'm still trying to get the 12 to stop blinking on my VCR. So <laughs> I feel like an idiot when it comes to this stuff. So thank you for uh, walking me through it. I'm glad we're able to do this tonight. Hey, it's it's all part of it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's learning. By the way, you'd mentioned uh, you'd mentioned uh, Jeff McBride a moment before, and I wanted to um, let you know uh, there, there's another magic podcast out there right now, and I, I want to give a shout out to them. It's called Magician Business Podcast, and yeah. one of the latest interviews they did was with Jeff McBride. So you're going to want to go check that out, Mike. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If, right. if your listeners don't know who Jeff McBride is, check him out. He is uh, an inspiration. Uh, he's well worth the time. He's wonderful. Perfect. So, Micah, how do you differentiate yourself from others in your genre? Do you have a unique selling point? Yeah, um, that's another tricky one, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got to differentiate yourself from other magicians. And how do you do that when we're all doing card tricks? Yeah, but, and, and oftentimes the same card trick, and, right? And often, same, often the same card trick, exactly. So um, what I focus on is uh, making the audience the star, and I put it in my publicity, I put it on my website, my business cards, that the audience is the star. I'm a big fan of having the audience make the magic happen. And I got nothing against these wonderful manipulators who can go up there and make coins vanish and reappear in their hands, uh, billiard balls, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the, the stage illusion acts, that's all great and I love it all. But what interests me the most is when a volunteer comes up from the audience or sits with you at the table mm -hmm. and they start reading people's minds like um, um, improvisationally without any kind of setup. Yeah. And, and as you know, these things are possible. And uh, it shocks the volunteer as much as the audience and vice versa. And I really focus my magic on that. As I, I make the magic <clears throat> excuse me, about that and, and you uh, reminded me to get some water. So uh, well done, sir. You are a professional. You are a professional. Thank so, you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I am very interested in um, magic that focuses on the audience where the audience is in control of all the choices and therefore the outcomes, and they make the magic happen. So that's, 
that's the one I'm working on right now. Um, you are the star. The audience is the one in control. They're the ones making the magic happen. Got it. So, so uh, every portion of your show has that in mind, and, uh, yeah. and and you're able to kind of flow that uh, uh, through the entire thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you were kind enough to mention my theater and improv background and uh, street performing. We would do this kind of thing all the time, and a lot of magicians uh, bring someone up and say, "Hey, what's your name? And where you're from? And what do you do?" And it's clear the magician couldn't care less. Yeah. And. <laughs> Uh, they're they're just killing time and they're they're making an effort to sound like they care when they clearly don't. Um, right. I, yeah, I focus on magic where I do care. Like, not only do I want to know what your name is, your name is going to appear at the end of the trick in in a magical way. Uh, you're not just signing your chosen card. Your your name is going to appear in an unexpected way. Um, I want to know ten things about you, and then those things will reappear, or I'll memorize them in a in a mentalism routine. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing, where um, I, it isn't just a gimmick uh, to try to seem like I'm sincere. It is the act. Yeah, yeah. Where the audience, um, they're the focus. They're the important thing, and that's what I'm interested in. Okay, so you you clearly now have a uh, a, a clearly. Uh, uh, defined rules for for whenever you're choosing material for your for your act, yeah. but have you ever, uh, you know, been really interested in a trick that that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, make an audience member the star that you've been able to flip around and and uh, have it work in your show? Yeah, um, I I do avoid those tricks, but some of those tricks are. Um, impossible to get around and some of them are necessary because mm -hmm. it, it is important to show that you've got the chops, that you've got the skills. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring up a good point. So, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning of my close-up and even stage act, I do a wonderful routine called Quartet by Barry Richardson where the audience comes up, they shuffle the deck, they separate the cards into four groups. Let's say you have four volunteers up on stage with you or four volunteers around the table with you. You separate the shuffled cards into four groups. They hold on to those groups, and they hold them like a poker hand, like we're all about to play a game of poker. And the magician has to read their minds one at a time and figure out who has which card, all 52 in a row. And uh, for me, that's a good opener because, one, it shows that I do have the skills to be a professional magician and to do this show. But at the same time, it forces the audience to be a part of it, and they got to get ready for that because they are going to be the star a little later. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you you set the mood right from the get go. In I that try respect. to. Yeah. yeah, I try to. I I want to show them that I am uh, qualified to do this, but at the same time, it's going to be highly interactive. Uh, I am more interactive than most magicians I know. And so I want them to get used to the idea that they are going to be a part of the show in a way that they aren't in any other magician's act. Right. Yeah. So, Micah, can you pinpoint something that's worked really, really well for you in growing your business? I mean, you've been doing it since 1995. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, ironically, it's so funny to say this in an interview where I'm doing all the talking, but I discovered the one thing that helps in life – and and also in business, is to try to talk less and listen more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, I would love to know more about you, man. And I know the whole purpose of this interview is yeah. to talk about my history and all that. But 
Uh, I'm just, and a lot of it is um, the being human thing that you referred to earlier. If uh, we just remember that we all have a lot in common and we're all fighting our own fight, if you listen more and talk less, you're going to learn a lot more than you ever expected. And I've discovered that's often true, not just in business, but in real life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there has to be a reason that God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, and uh, yeah, whether it's funny you bring that up. And I, I think an atheist would agree with you too. I, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not not that God did it, but just that you know, we have developed and evolved in such a way. There might be a reason why we got two ears and, and one mouth. You know what I mean? Right. So any way you look at it, I, I think it's still true. I think you bring yeah. up a good point. Yeah. So, Micah, could you tell us an interesting story that you've encountered during your performance career? Yeah. Um, again, it, as as opposed to examples, a lot of times just being grateful for stuff, you know what I mean? Um, uh, having a good audience, uh, having a good client. But uh, I will uh, – those are the things I'm most grateful for as, a, as, a, as opposed to a specific example. But one of the most interesting things I, uh, I'd have to choose would be when I was a kid, I was – while I was studying the great magicians like Jeff McBride and those guys, I was also studying a guy named Ice McDonald. Okay. Yeah, uh, amazing dove manipulator. He's also, I believe, the current American president for the Society of American Magicians. I believe that's right. And uh, I, this guy was fascinating to me. I used to read about him, see him on TV. Finally, I move out to the West Coast, uh, to L.A., mm-hmm. and I find out that he's playing the Magic Castle, and I'm not a member yet. So I snuck in. I don't know if you can just this. <laughs> I snuck into the castle. I hope you can hear that. Uh, and, and I uh, sat in the, in the back of the palace hoping no one would bust me. Do I look like a, a magician? I don't know. I'm freaking out. I'm sweating bullets. The lights go down. No one busts me. The curtain comes up and there's Ice McDonald and he was awesome. He comes out, bam, makes doves appear whenever the hell he wants to. It's wonderful. And it was worth the wait. Two weeks later, I'm standing in the Hatton Hair Pub, and you might remember this, and I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with this place. Mm-hmm. It's where a lot of people invariably audition to become a magician member. Right. So I'm standing in the Hatton Hair Pub, and I'm doing my audition, and there's a three-member board sitting in front of me, and they've all got their arms crossed, and they've all got that look like they're a very grumpy ventriloquism doll. Do you know what I'm talking about? I certainly do. Yes, you do. Yeah, we've all performed for those guys. (laughs) And uh, the guy in the middle is Ice McDonald, my childhood hero. The guy snuck in to see two weeks prior to this. There he is sitting in the middle. And uh, I'm now performing for my childhood hero. And I do one trick, and it was Ice who says to me, we've seen enough. Which, as you know, Chris, can mean anything, right? It yep. can mean, oh, you are the Messiah. I will erect a church upon your name. Or it can mean someone put a bullet in my head. I can't take this anymore. Stop the pain. You know, I didn't know what that meant. And um, at the castle, they tell you that night whether or not you get in, you know, mm-hmm. which in L.A. standards, especially from an acting background, that's unheard of. Yeah. Like you, you never know if the project was real you don't know what the outcome was. You can drive home and think, should I have taken my top off? Was that the right thing to do? I don't know. what to do. I, don't, I don't know. You, you don't know anything. But at the castle, they tell you that night. So Ice says to me, we've seen enough. And the clock is now ticking. Mm-hmm. So I say, uh, okay, Mr. 
Mr. McDonald, thank you so much. Like I'm drooling, I'm blacking out. I don't remember what the heck I said, Chris. And I packed up all my stuff and I go upstairs and I wait. I drown my, my sorrows in Shirley Temples at the bar. <laughs> and I wait because I know that it's just a matter of time. The other two board members approach me and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the moment of truth. And they say, hey, you know that trick you did for Ice and us? And I said, yeah, yeah. They said, yeah. Um, Ice doesn't like it. <laughs> so out of right, so out of my literally millions of tricks, Chris, as you know, that I could have chosen for my one shot, not only to get into the Magic Castle, but to perform for my childhood hero, Ice McDonald, I chose a trick my childhood hero didn't even like, and I still got in, sucker. So anyway, um, uh, as far as I know, Ice was the deciding vote. From what I hear, he didn't like the trick, but he liked the way I did it. Uh-huh. And then. Finally, the first week they ever gave me at the Magic Castle was in the Parlor of Presentation in 2009. I still remember the date. And uh, opening night, I'm there in the parlor. I come through the curtain, and it suddenly dawns on me. I was so swamped, and so everything was so hectic to get ready. It suddenly dawns on me that on the other side of the same wall in the Palace of Mystery, Ice McDonald is beginning his week. And so I got to perform on the other side of the same wall with him the first week I ever got at the castle after auditioning for the guy. Wow, that's an amazing story. Isn't that something? I, yeah. I love how it comes full circle. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then one day he will audition for me, and I will tell him that you said so, that it came full circle. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> because, yeah, that, that matters absolutely right now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, Chris, oh, please, please tell him I said hello. So if I, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to project in the future. I says hello to you, Chris. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, by, by the way, what was that trick that you performed for Ice that he didn't like? Well, it's called the Dream Bag, and it's by a designer from Japan. And oh. I wish I could tell you the guy's name. Even if I could, I would probably mangle the pronunciation. But it's this wonderful trick. Uh, a lot of um, family magicians use it. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen an adult magician use it, although I do. It's where they reach into an old, like a, a, pa- a paper bag, and they pull out boxes of flowers and silks. And I created a whole story around it. As a matter of fact, it was the first gift I ever gave to anyone. I wrote a story, and I did the trick, and I performed it for them for Christmas, uh, for a Christmas present. And I've been doing it ever since. And that's the trick I did for Ice. Um, that's the trick he didn't like, but apparently he liked the way I did it. And that's the trick that I closed my parlor act with. And I've been closing my um, my magic act with ever since. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, I, I, I don't know if I came on uh, on your first night, but I do believe yeah. I was there for your first week. And I Thanks, saw man. your show there. And I, I remember the dream bag. Oh, dude, thank yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, that means a lot. And it's actually evolved. It's uh, grown um, literally and figuratively a lot since you've seen it. So I hope one day you get to see it again. I hope one day the castle gives me another week. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> that means a lot, man. I'm glad you were there. Thank you. Well, and I, I think it's the perfect punctuation to that story because yeah. Ice was on the other side of the wall starting right? his week, too. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh it's so cool. And he, he still remembers me. And uh, he's. Again, for you listeners who don't know who this guy is, look him up. He's absolutely wonderful. Ice McDonald. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, Micah, what has been your biggest challenge since going pro? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest challenge is just trying to figure out how to make a consistent living. Because mm-hmm. as you know, even when you have the good days, you're going to have a lot of bad. It's very uh, cyclic. And uh, it can affect your relationships. It can affect your health. 
so um, the the biggest challenge has been learning how to be a better business person. Mm -hmm. And I've been spending a lot of time learning about marketing. I, I think that seems to be the biggest key, marketing. And a lot of successful magicians will tell you that's the case. Yeah. Um, a lot of successful magicians will tell you they may not be the best magician in the world, but they're a really good marketer. Mm -hmm. And by inches and by a lot of uh, stumbling, I've been slowly getting better at it, but I need to get better than that. And I would say learning marketing and how to make it work, that's been my biggest challenge. Okay. And uh, your, your way of, uh, of combating that has just been learning? Yeah. Um, less talking, more learning, kind of more listening, kind of like what we discussed earlier. <laughs> um, there's a magician that you've already interviewed, a guy named Lou Serrano. Who's, yes. Yeah, who's literally written the book on marketing. Um, I've been scouring through that. Uh, a lot of it is trial and error. So, for instance, what might work for one magician might not work for another, and that's always difficult, uh, especially when you find out after the fact, oh, this doesn't work for me, things yeah. like that. That's always tough, but um, I just gobble up uh, whatever resources I can to help me out, and I try to listen to people as much as I can. Right, perfect. Yeah. So, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently up to this point, Micah? Uh, another great question. Um, as you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Naturally. Yeah. And there are lots of, the, I, I say lots, uh, over the many years I've been doing this, there are a number of clients I wish I hadn't met. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I think about the majority of clients, like the 95% of them that I'm so grateful I met. Um, that being the case, uh, I, I wish I studied I started studying marketing much earlier. Uh, I wish I was more computer literate, as we discovered earlier tonight. And thank you again for helping me out with that. High five, man. Yeah, high five, man. High, Skype high five. Skype five. Skype five, yeah. Um, so I, I wish I had started earlier on the marketing. I wish I knew more about marketing, but I, I got to be patient with myself, too. And I just got to... Uh, Keep hope alive, keep faith in myself, and, and know that it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, Micah, we're, we're here at the, uh, the end of the interview now, and I would like you to, first of all, just recommend a resource that you always use to our listeners, and this could be anything from an iPhone app to good old pen and paper. Sure. Uh, I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, uh, especially because um, we – Working performers were on the road all the frickin' time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and what a wonderful opportunity to learn. And uh, there are actually magic books on audiobooks as well as iTunes. I just finished listening to Slights of Mind, which was absolutely fascinating. Really? Uh, yeah, a book uh, written by neuroscientists about the history and the uh, mechanisms of magic. And it was absolutely fascinating, all on iTunes, on audiobooks. Okay. Yeah, and I'm constantly learning thanks to the fact that uh, – thanks to the 405 yeah. and the several hours a day I spend there. So uh, that, that's the biggest resource I can think of, not just for magicians but for anybody. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, slight, Slights of Mind, I remember hearing about that a while back yeah. and I, I yeah. just uh, – it just like, like kind of continued on past me and I, I think I'm going to have to look that up. It's wonderful. It came out about four years ago. They lectured at the Magic Castle. These guys are fascinating. 
and they are now magic junkies like the rest of us. And you mm-hmm. can get it. You can get it on iTunes. It's a wonderful book. Okay, you know, I think that's where I heard about it. I think uh, maybe Dodd Vickers from the Magic Newswire had interviewed them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like that, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's the scientific principles behind why things like misdirection and sleight of hand work. It's amazing. So audiobooks. And hey, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you obviously like to listen to audio. So uh, check out some audiobooks. (laughs) That's right, man. And lots of podcasts that you can listen to while you're stuck in traffic, Uh, you know, uh, flipping the finger to somebody else in the lane next to you. Instead, why not learn? Yeah, and remember, they're human and they have their battles. <laughs> Dude, that's, God, we're, we're that's what you call so a callback. Man, we are going to achieve world peace by the end of this 60 minutes, brother. Unless we can go a mile on the 405. Right, right, and then and then all bets are off. Yeah, that's so right. Forget, forget what I just said. I forgot about the 405. Thank you for reminding me. So <laughs> you, you, you've recommended a resource in audiobooks. Could I have you also recommend – I'd like you to recommend two books specifically, one performance-specific book, and that could even be the, uh, the book you just mentioned. Sure. And then, uh, and then one outside of magic, which could be like a business or a self-development book. Okay. Uh, well, since we've already mentioned Slights of Mind, mm-hmm. uh, another wonderful resource is by – Another marketing guru slash magician, a guy named Benji Bruce, hmm. uh, and his uh, book is called The Art of Restaurant Gigs, and I got it from the Magic Apple, which is a wonderful resource here in the L.A. area, but you can, I'm assuming, get it off the interwebs. You can get it from other places, and he has changed the way I look at approaching customers, and I'm not just talking about in a restaurant scenario. Yeah. Yeah, um, he reminded me that a lot of times you have to tell the client what to do. So, for instance, a lot of clients are are good and they're supportive, but you have to tell them, um, "This is how you give me a good review." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and you you have to take uh, the reins sometimes because sometimes they don't know what to do, and sometimes they forget, sometimes they get lazy. And Benji Bruce is all about being very proactive and telling your clientele what to do and uh, it's called the art of restaurant gigs it's a wonderful um primer not just for restaurant magic but any kind of performance got it got it yeah well cool yeah man you know it's it's interesting because you you said uh you sometimes you have to tell the audience what to do yeah and i i found myself uh thinking about how i usually end my uh my set at a table yeah, is to tell them, you know, you know, th- thank them obviously for coming out uh, to the restaurant, but then yeah. to mention if they liked the magic to let them know before you before they leave the restaurant, you know. Yes, and mm-hmm. it, it's so obvious, Chris, and clearly you're smarter than the average bear. This <laughs> this didn't even occur to me, and, and that's exactly what Benji Bruce is talking about. Yeah, and now I do it all the time, and not just in my restaurant gigs, but in my actual show. I say, look, if you like the show, please tell the client. And here, here she is right over there, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I say, if, and if you don't like it, just keep it to yourself or whatever, <laughs> whatever gag you want to do. Quick um, as a matter of, yeah, right, exactly. As a matter of fact, I let them fill in the, uh, the rim shot cliche punchline. Um, I say, uh, please tell the client. And if you don't, and I kind of pause and I stare off into space like I genuinely don't know what the heck I'm going to do if that's the situation. And half the time, somebody from the audience chimes in and says, oh, just lie. 
And <laughs> you know, and half the time they say it better than I would have anyway. Yeah, because it's it's off the cuff and it's uh, and it's genuine. It, exactly, it's, it's organic. It, 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 it's organic. Yeah. They know it's not rehearsed. It makes the audience the hero. Now they're coming up with their own punchlines. Everyone's going to remember this moment, and hopefully, on the business side, they're more likely going to do it. Right. Yeah. I, I love how you brought it full circle there. It makes the audience the star. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. And that's what I focus on. Anytime I can do that. All right. Uh, yeah. Now, by the way, a, a quick uh, a quick note to our listeners: the resources and the books that Micah has just recommended, you'll be able to find on the show notes, and those nice. can be found at uh, those can be found at successfulperformercast.com slash Micah Cover, and that's M I C A H C O V E R. You got my name right, man. Thank you. <laughs> Not everybody gets that. God bless you, sir. <laughs> I, I like to I like to say that I do my homework. So, <laughs> dude, you did, man, you did. It's unbelievable. Well, awesome, Micah. I, I'd like you to do one more thing for us tonight, and that's to give a piece of parting advice to our listeners, and then tell us where we can find you online if you're on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, and plug any services or products that you might have. Sure, man. Uh, and I know the clock's ticking again. I'll try to make this concise. Um, yeah, my. My last piece of advice is good advice for me, too. Uh, don't give up, especially because hope can come from unexpected sources. Um, I, I'm learning that more and more and more. Uh, hope doesn't just come from a paycheck, although that gives us a lot of hope. It can come from other things. I was doing my close-up act for a friend last night. Uh, he just came to L.A. two months ago. He's kind of lonely. Some friends flaked on him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't. I did my close-up show in the Hat and Hair where I auditioned years ago. Yeah, uh, We ended with uh, my rendition of Out of This World where my friend Nicholas read everybody's minds and got them all right. And he was so excited. He did it in front of his parents. Uh, he was the hero of the night. And it was after the lights came back up that we discovered Susan Sarandon was in the audience. <laughs> and, and he's a struggling actor. And uh, not only did the trick work and he was the star, he performed for Susan Sarandon two months after moving into L.A. And you, things like that can happen. And you never know where hope's going to come from. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And then finally, uh, I've got a website, MicahTheMagician.com, as you were kind enough to spell my name correctly, M-I-C-A-H, MicahTheMagician.com. There's a video on there, some testimonials, and I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. Please keep in touch. And the same goes to you, brother. I miss you, man. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, l- listen, uh, a while back, uh, I-, I saw you do a, a lecture um, at, uh, at our Ring 21. Yeah. And you-, you had a set of lecture notes. Are those still available? Yeah, I still have it. Um, it is a lifetime of work literally put yeah. into one document. I still got it. Thank you for remembering. And yeah, it's still available, man. And ha- how would people uh, how would people get that if, if they wanted to uh, do that? And it, it was on uh, how to be an effective family entertainer. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, okay. It focused on family magic and kids shows, but I think a lot of it is applicable to any kind of magic. Uh, they can just email me at mikeofthemagician at yahoo.com. It's the same address as my website. Uh, my email address is on that website. Anyway, mikeofthemagician at yahoo.com, and uh, just let me know. I- I'd be happy to send it off to somebody. Awesome. And ha- how much would you sell that to uh, our listeners for? Uh, you know what? I'm going to give them the Chris Shepard special, 
if, uh, if someone wants, uh, as long as they are listening to your show, I will give it to them for free. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, you, you're doing some great work, man. And it's hey, the thank least you. Do. it's the least we can do, uh, for what you're doing for us. All right. Well, Hey, listen, uh, listen guys, if you email Mike of the magician at yahoo.com, he will send you his lecture notes for free. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, so, but you gotta you gotta say that you're a fan of Chris Shepard and that you listen to his podcast. Yes, definitely mention uh, the successful performer cast in the yeah, email. Yeah, you gotta mention if you don't mention that, I'm gonna charge you a thousand bucks. Service charge, right? Service charge. That's right. Service charge. <laughs> that's right. Service charge. Well, awesome, Micah. You've shared all kinds of great information that our listeners can use to help grow their performance businesses. Thank you so much for being uh, here tonight and sharing your experience, dude. It's been a pleasure. Always good to hear from you, man. Hey, thank you so much, man. Have a good night. You too, Chris. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Chris Shepard, your host, signing out. I just wanted to remind you of a couple of things here. Uh, be sure to visit our Facebook group and interact there. You can find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash group, And also don't forget to check out that free PDF show booking and debrief form. And you can find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash booking sheet. And also if there's any way that, I, that you think I can improve the show or anything uh, you would like to see in the future or anybody you'd like me to you know, try and get on the show as a guest, uh, just shoot me an email at ks at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen. Thank you, man. We have excellent taste in birthday months. I, I salute you, sir. Hey, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's a choice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>